You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. 402 342 1290 is the number. Joining us now here on America's Healthcare Challenge is Congressman Don Bacon, Congressman. Uh, from the great uh, state of Nebraska here, uh, representing Omaha, Congressman. How you doing today? Great to see you. Great to hear you, actually. How are things going? (laughs) Well, we've had, I came back Wednesday uh, from uh, D.C. The Democrats had their annual retreat, so uh, we all came back early. But I did seven events on Thursday, six events yesterday. We got nine events today, uh, working with constituents. So we're, we're working hard. And my goal is to, you know, every spare day back in the back in the district is to meet with as many constituents as possible and and make sure I understand a wide variety of the dis- issues. What and are did you make? Go ahead. What are some of the things that they're they're talking about to you right now? Well, today's the emphasis has primarily been on the small business community and the, and you know the, the main problems facing them. Uh, so I'm hearing like today I've met with a lot of small you know small business owners primarily in the south uh, part of Omaha, uh, to today. I've been on the north side, you know, last week. But access to capital and getting loans, uh, with Dodd-Frank, uh, the banks aren't very uh, good at helping out small businesses anymore. Uh, so many of them have to go through the Small Business Association, or administration, excuse me. Uh, but the capital is turning up. I would say that many small businesses, and I heard this in D.C. during one of my committee hearings, in the Small Business Committee, but the number one issue now for most small business owners is health care and the cost of health care, and that the ACA has not worked for the small business community. And I also met with the self-employed uh, groups as well, and that has been the number one issue for about three years now for them. Uh, with the small business community, it had been a variety of things. But this past year, especially in Nebraska with 51% rate rise in premiums, that has also become the number one issue. Right, right. It's it, right. A lot of people are feeling the pain financially in their pocketbooks what are what are some of the what was one of the biggest surprises you found in your your first 30 days as you went out there well we work about i i personally work about a 14-hour day which i enjoy i'm used to that as uh, being an old commander uh you know in the air force and about every hour is a new adventure of talking to somebody different like i like i have we had king of the king of jordan king abdullah come in and spend like an hour and a half with us and then a little while later we had general petraeus and then you have the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency. I would just say that I really enjoyed learning uh, a you know, wide variety of uh, different issues out there. I think the thing that bothers me the most, and uh, by the way, I like to tell you that, I, I, you know, 99% of this stuff I think is great, and I love it. I love the opportunity to serve. Uh, but really, it's the nastiness out there right now. I mean, it, you know, I, I had a lady send me an email, saying she ever sees me, she'll spit on me. And, and then you see the stuff with, President Trump right now, I just think we got to find a way to be just that we can disagree on issues and not have so much vitriol. And I don't think it's just a left or right issue. I think on both sides of the issue, we got to be more respectful, more civil uh, in our disagreements. And I think that's it's, it, that has probably stuck out at me more than anything else in a negative way. Right. Congressman, um, some of the issues you, you, you identified on health care costs and, and so on and so forth, I know that that's something that Republicans are, are, are campaigned on was repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act. 
Is it turning out that it's a little bit harder than people had thought? And what are your views on on the eventual uh, repeal and or replace of the ACA? I, I personally don't think it's harder than what we thought. I think some people are more worried about do you do it simultaneously and some of the, you know, I, just some of the mechanics of how to do it. Uh, in the end, we knew that ACA has helped out some people, but it's hurt many more people. That makes it hard because when you're trying to fix a system that's hurt more people, you also are impacting those who have helped. And, you know, over a million or trillion dollars in taxpayer money has gone into ACA. So some people have clearly been helped by it. And so it makes it uh, complicated uh, in that regard. Uh, but we know that we're, we, we ran on uh, the repeal and the replacement of ACA. And I, I'm a person of my word. We're going to uh, do this. We're going to do it through the reconciliation process. Right. 51 votes in the Senate to do that. But within that very same reconciliation bill, uh, there's going to be a lot of the replacement components in it. For example, employees today get their, may have to get their health care benefits as tax-free. It's not part of their income. But we should do the same for all of those people who are buying their health care on the exchanges, right? We're buying it directly. So we should be able to put that in there. We should be able to add the HSA expansion, our health savings account expansion, uh, in that. So we're going to do uh, as much as we possibly can in the budget reconciliation bill. And then there's going to be a lot, and I heard you talking about this earlier, Health and Human Services Secretary can do a lot on his own. Secretary Price is a friend of mine. He's been here uh, working with me here in the district, in fact, uh, this past year. Uh, but he can do a lot on his own because there's a lot of leeway in the laws for, so that he can reshape you know, the actual policies. But then there's going to be some bills that we got to get through the Senate to require 60 votes. And I know that we want to make it easier, for example, for small businesses to pool together so they can buy their, their plans, you know, as a team to drive down costs. Right. We want to create more competition uh, within the insurance companies, but also for healthcare providers. We know when MRI providers have to compete, you know, the prices can be down in half when people are shopping for them. So if we put a little more consumer involvement in this, we know we can drive down costs. I personally think we've got to put a lot of emphasis in FDA reform. It takes too long to test new pharmaceuticals, and there's a thing called evergreening where pharmaceutical companies, once their patent runs out, if they have a successful drug, they'll tweak that drug and then renew the patent, and that keeps competition out of the market. And I think we've got to fix that. Right. There's a whole plethora of things I think we need to do to make health care affordable, and that's the goal. We want to make health care affordable for all, and we've got to do this by providing pre-existing condition coverage. A moral country does that. And I don't know, it won't look necessarily the same way we're doing it now, but we got to have that in there. And, and I think everybody agrees to that, or I would say 95% of the people agree on that. And we're going to probably give more authority at the state level through block grants and Medicaid. And we think that our state elected leaders and our state agencies will provide something more tailor-made for Nebraska. And it should, our, our health care should not look identical to Massachusetts or California, is my humble view. And I think it's better to have the elected officials closer to home, the agency's closer to home, primarily responsible for that. I think a nameless, faceless bureaucrat from Washington that's working on your health care is right. very unaccountable. And I think we've got to do better there. I'm, I'm for about more state control of our health care, not the federal bureaucracy where it's a one-size-fits-all approach and the costs are off the chart. Congressman Bacon, this is Alan Hager, and welcome to the show, and yeah. I'm glad to have you uh, on here. Um, could you go... Could you go into depth a little bit more about uh, covering pre-existing conditions? Um, 
there's a there's this whole mindset on the opposite side of the aisle that <clears throat> as we repeal and replace, or in some words, repair, because mm-hmm. Frank Luntz is saying now we, we need to say repair, uh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> that we, we don't care about those with pre-existing conditions and that we're just going to leave them out on the lurch. And I know right. when you were in your campaign uh, here that that was one of your main talking points was that, no, it has to be a part of the plan. So could you talk that about that a little bit more? Bruce, you're supposed to start the repair work. Most of the conservatives want to repair our health care system, but you don't do that by maintaining ACH. So sometimes there's a little bit of confusion on that. I'm, I'm for repairing our health care, and we're going to do that best by repealing ACA and replacing it with a more state-run, a more market-oriented system that will drive out costs. So I know there is a little confusion on the repair word, and I sometimes I'm guilty of it myself because I use that, because I think our health care needs repair. It's unaffordable for too many right now. Now, I don't think just because you don't like ACA means you go back to totally what we had before. Not at all. We have problems with the part. And I, most of us on the Republican side and Democrat side are committed to pre-existing condition coverage. And folks who have had diabetes or had cancer before, whatever it may be, it would be wrong to throw them under the bus on this thing. We have to have affordable health care for them as well. So there's different ways to do it. Uh, one of them is just having more high-risk pools. And some of them have to be subsidized by government tax dollars. Great. And I got that. It's the right thing to do because people do need to have access to coverage uh, regardless of you know their you know, health history. What I don't think it works is putting people in the high-risk pools in with everybody else because that drives everybody else's health care up. And so now the average 25-year-old can't afford health care right now because that 25-year-old who has really no other problems is having to cover all the high cost uh, people out there. And I think what that's done, it's made for a lot of younger folks and maybe middle-aged folks not get their health care or they just can't afford it. I have talked to so many people that are paying $2,000 a month on the exchanges for their family or a $12,000 deductible. I talked to a lady the other day that gave birth and she had to pay the entire birth and all that, all you know, for the whole thing, uh, and it, it came out of her deductible. Her deductible, uh, right? It was it, it. She had to pay the entire thing. It didn't go over her deductible, and she's like, "I don't even have coverage, really. You know, I'm paying for everything." Right. And so, well, that brings me to another question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? And I think we might touch this after the break. What is your view on mm-hmm. reimportation of pharmaceutical drugs? And I think well, I think. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, um, go ahead. I would say this. We, we need to, we, our country has done something wrong. And I've been talking to some folks in Congress about this. Actually, I talked to Dr. Price about this, uh, who's going to be our Health and Human Service Secretary. Our own trade policy has hurt our country that we, we end up agreeing to other countries who say they do not want to pay for any of the research costs on our pharmaceuticals. So they just pay the retail cost, which means they're getting our drugs cheaper than what we're paying for. It. That's got to stop. If, uh, we're, if Americans can't bankroll all the research, R&D for drugs, so I am clearly for re-looking at the trade policy, and we need to be able to, Americans should be able to share the burden of research and development with other countries who are buying our drugs. That shouldn't fall on Americans alone. So we need to allow for more competition in the, you know, in the drug market. And so I, I support what you're saying, but I think it doesn't get to the root cause 
Canada and other countries need to help shoulder part of our R&D costs. And then we target on our costs in doing so. Great, great. Congressman, uh, we have a, a constituent on the line, uh, Jessica, with a question about pre-existing conditions. Uh, do you mind responding? Sure, absolutely. All right, Jessica, welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge. Question for Congressman Tom Bacon, or John, Don Bacon. Hello, Jessica. I, I can hear you lightly, but I'm going to listen carefully. <laughs> okay. Yes, I can. Yeah. All right. We're I know he can hear her, but we cannot hear him. So we're going to take a time out. We'll let them talk to each other and he can uh, give his response uh, formally when when we res- when we return here on America's Healthcare Challenge. 402-342-1290 is the number if you would like to, to jump into the conversation. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to continue the conversation with the congressman. I'm uh, going to ask him a little bit more about some of the uh, latest developments. And, uh, Alan, you've got a couple more questions for him, too, I'm sure. Absolutely. All right, yep. so check out Facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. If you would like to uh, post your questions as well, we will go ahead and read them. And you can also, by the way, check out our segments from previous episodes and this show when it's posted on Monday. We'll be right back.